God we can in here. Don't we expect God to make a difference in our lives? Amen. Don't we expect some change? Amen. If you walk out of church every week and say, are you really saved? I mean, churches all over this country. You have people that have been going there for years and years and years. They sit in the same seat. They get up, they sing the songs. They send the pastor a text, great message. And nothing changes in their life. Nothing changes. Lord, today I come before you and I ask, Lord, that you touch the hearts of these people. Open their eyes, open their minds, Lord. Let them be receptive to your word. Let them know that you are a holy God, a merciful God, a loving God, a God that can cast out the uncleanliness that they live in. A God that can clean their lives, cast away their sorrows, and bring them joy and peace, bring healing into their minds and their bodies, and bring them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the scripture you heard it this morning from Chris, she didn't want to steal it. She's a thief. She needs to repent right now. Acts 28, 3. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, as Chris said this morning, Paul was shipwrecked off of Malta. This was his third shipwreck. He was there with other prisoners, but everybody escaped, and everybody got to the island of Malta, where the natives were kind enough to build them a fire. Look at your lives. Sometimes they're a shipwreck. Sometimes your life just gets cast to and fro by the world. You get beat up because that's where you want to live. In the sea of worldliness. And your ship becomes wrecked. It becomes battered and destroyed. And you end up having to rely on the kindness of others. What we need, and what you have to learn to instill in yourself, is that in those times of trouble, in those times of chaos, and even sometimes they're going to be tests, because God is going to test you. Amen. The only way to strengthen you is test you. Amen. Amen. You can't get stronger if you don't lift weights. Amen. And you don't start out trying to bench press 400 pounds. You work your way up. 
But you've got to learn to get into the word of God. Amen. That that is your strength. Matthew 6.33, you all can quote it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. It doesn't say, hey, let me call up my best friend and see what they got to say. It doesn't say, let me listen to the advice of others. No, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 1, you all know this. I beseech you, my brother, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Why would Paul write that? If he didn't know what it was going to take for you to get near God, your mind has to change. Amen. You can't do things the way you've always done them. Can't live your life the way you've always lived it. Amen. Not if you want to go to heaven. Amen. Not if you think you're born again. Because they tell us the research has been done. It's getting closer now to 90% of the people sitting in churches are not saved. What do we got here? Maybe 30 people? 10% is three. 90% would be 27. That means only three of you are going to happen. That means only three of you are sitting. They must be talking about the big churches. They got people to spare. The number has always been 80%. Two people out of eight are saved. See, a lot of people believe they're Christians. And I only believe that reason is because they can spell it. Because <laughs> they don't have the faintest idea how to live it. You all know people like that. You've all met people like that. Oh, I'm a Christian. I run a Christian business. And they charge you three times what you could get anywhere else. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, they're saved. Come on. You want to live a godly life, what do you need? You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can't go anywhere without him. Amen. But the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of your sin. Oh. 
That means that thought you had the other day, you need to repent. That means those things that you like to do in the world, you can't do it. So we need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it burns away the impurities of our life. Malachi 3, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will bear away before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, said the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. He's like a launder's soap. He will sit as a refiner of, and purifier of silk. He will purify the sons of Levi. He will purge them as gold and silver, that they may make the way to the Lord in an offering of righteousness. You have to go before the Lord, righteous. Righteous. You've got to remember, God does not see sin. If you're living in sin, God does not see you. You die living in sin, God doesn't see you. He doesn't know you. That's why that prayer that Jesus taught the disciples was so strong. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because the evil one roams the earth. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist makes this statement. I will indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to burn away your sin. If you go to him. For all of us who've been baptized into Jesus flows the blood of Christ. I mean, the fire, the Holy Spirit purifies. And we need that Holy Spirit. But we also need the blood of Jesus. Amen. And all that are baptized into Jesus. That blood flows. And what do I mean? I don't mean a submersion of water. That's a water baptism. When you have taken yourself, and you said, God, I no longer live for me, but I live for you. Amen. I surrender my will to your will. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I surrender my will. That is tough. Especially in this country because people are so prideful. So prideful. I can do it my way. 
My way is better than God's way. What does he know? When's the last thing you created? <laughs> when was the last time you took up a handful of dust and turned it into a human being? Breathed into its nostrils and created life. Lord, I surrender my will to you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Now you're baptized into Jesus. Now the blood of Christ flows through you. Now when they look at your DNA, it's going to have Jesus all over. Because it's not you, it's him. In Galatians 3.27, Paul writes, For as many as you were there baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Paul declared that all who were in Jesus Christ by faith are children of God. The Gentiles no longer need to think of themselves as stepchildren. There was that time when we were the redheaded stepchildren. <laughs> the rights and privileges of a full son and daughter of God are available to all who trust in Christ for their salvation from sin. Paul describes this connection we have with Christ, the Son of God, as even closer than siblings. You're even closer than your brothers and your sisters. I mean, you call yourselves brothers and sisters of Christ. Some of you are related as real brothers and sisters. But Jesus says that relationship you have with him is closer than that. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of you, and I hate to say it, but God, so this is not getting me in trouble. Here we go. A lot of you think you're Filipino first. You're not. You're either a Christian and a believer of Jesus Christ, or you're not. And that comes first. Some of us believe we're Americans first. But we're not. We're Christians. We're citizens of heaven. All of us that believe in Jesus have our citizenship transferred there. Now, you didn't get a passport that when you go to the airport, it says heaven on it. But you got the word of God. You carry the Holy Spirit within you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And look at all the different temples that are around this world. How glorious is that? Beautiful. How glorious is that? All these separate temples. You can call upon Jesus anytime you want. You can get up at 2 in the morning and call upon his name. You can get up. But some of you get up 11. Yes, I'm looking at you there. <laughs> I pick on my knees. Okay. 
the fam family, you can pick on family. You know? But Paul's trying to make a statement here that to put on Christ is just like putting on a coat, putting on a garment. I mean, you all got up and you got dressed this morning. You all got up, you all got dressed, you all put on clothes, you all look lovely. Did you put on Christ? Did you put him on? Did you bring him? And Paul says you got to do this every time. you got to wear Jesus like a garment. I always compared it to like being swimming. You're sitting in the pool and the water's totally around you. You go under the water, and the water just kind of totally encompasses your whole body. That's what Jesus wants. Amen. He wants Amen. to encompass all of you. Amen. Not just part that you want to give, but all of you. So we need to know, just like you dress a certain way to go, here, you dress a certain way to go there. Your appropriate clothing every day is to put on Christ. That's the what you should wear. So Paul got, describes those who come by faith in Christ as being baptized into Jesus. So we add to that the fire. Now we got the fire. Now we got the blood. Because the blood, you know, as human beings, without the blood, we dead. We need human blood in our body to keep us healthy and alive. Well, we need the blood of Christ to keep us healthy and alive also. If we walk in the light as he is the light, then we have fellowship with one another and fellowship with him. And Jesus will cleanse us of all sin. Just as our body needs cleansing, we also need to work at cleansing our souls and our spirits. When the Holy Spirit points out a sin to us, we need to repent and confess of that sin so that we may be cleansed. Paul writes again one time in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, free or slaves, we have been made to drink into one spirit. We have all become one. So all these beautiful temples of God that are holding the Holy Spirit as we come into this place, we come one into unity in Christ. And we worship him in song. We worship him in word. We worship him through our fellowship with one another. So that brings us to our scripture. He said, when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. You remember John the Baptist condemned the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He called them a brood of vipers. The brood of vipers is a family of snakes. Vipers are venomous. And John was essentially calling the religious leaders of the day vipers. 
religious leader, deadly serpents of religion, snakes. I mean, that's quite bold. Look at what Jesus does. In Matthew 12, 34, he says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks much. You are a brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sens sentenced to hell? Matthew 12, 34. Jesus called him the same thing. Told him they would be sentenced to hell. Spiritual snakes. They're always looking for an opportunity to latch on to you. They're always looking for an opportunity. They will use an image. They will use a word. They will use a person. They will use any means they can to take advantage of what it means to get to you and just start spreading their poison. Flee places of evil. Shake them off in the fire. I mean, picture yourself. Here's a, here they're sitting around this fire. It's comfortable. We do the same thing. We sit around, we get all, we get all comfortable in our lives. We relax. You've seen it. We become accustomed to, we begin to rationalize the ways of the world. Oh, it's okay, Jesus will understand. Oh yeah, it's no problem. Jesus, Jesus will understand because you'll rationalize your sin. Yeah. Scripture says we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Amen. Right? Amen. Don't rationalize your sin. Sin is sin. Amen. You know what it is. When Paul goes out and says, fire is getting comfortable, he said, I need more Holy Spirit fire. So he puts more fire, word on that fire, and out that fire burns. And as that fire begins to burn within you, as the Holy Spirit begins to do its work, Amen. out pops that viper. And in one last ditch effort, it tries to grab a hold of your hand because it doesn't want to let go. you have the Holy Spirit with you? Is the fire of God burning within you? When that fire begins to get dim and you, you seem to start to rationalize your sin, do you, do you go out and try to put more wood on the fire? Or do you succumb to your sin? You need the Holy Spirit getting hotter and hotter. You need to add some wood. The more you seek after God, the more you chase him, the more you try to get to know him, that hotter, that fire is going to get to burn. And when you get used to having a hot fire burning in you, you're going to want to keep it that way. Amen. Amen. There's no reason that people in this church can't walk into a hospital and just go like that and the people are healed and walk out. 
They did it in the box. Why can't you do it now? Amen. Because of sin. Amen. That's real, Pastor. As that fire gets hotter and hotter, maybe that viper of jealousy, maybe that viper of envy latches on and tries to become a stronghold in your life. It doesn't want to let you go. You put that fire hotter. You put some more wood on that fire. As that viper begins to bite and sink its fangs into your hand. You thank God you've got the blood of Jesus in you. Amen. Amen. Maybe that fire gets too hot, that viper. Maybe it's a, a viper of idolatry. We all have that. Where we worship things. Automobiles, cars, jewels, money. We all had those. You got to give them up. You can't take a dollar with you when you die. Not one. Just so you know, in case you thought maybe uh, I might need a little extra case. I get to heaven, I can spend it, get myself a latte, a Starbucks, on Heavenly Drive. <laughs> so maybe that viper of idolatry comes out of that hot fire because you're praying and you're reading the word of God and that fire that burns within you is getting hot maybe it's a viper of anger I've dealt with that I still deal with that it always tries to latch on to me it tries to bite into the flesh. It tries to just inject that venom and overtake the blood of Jesus. But it can't. It can't. So you fight that off. And now the fire is starting to get dim again. You're starting to get comfortable. You're starting to rationalize that sin again. Oh, yeah, oh, wouldn't that be nice if I could do that? Oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Oh, you know, and, and we've all done this. It's not like it's anything new. So now we've got to get back into the Word. We've got to pray, just like Paul. He, he had to put more sticks on that fire to get it burning again. Get that Holy Spirit fire burning, and now it burns like a bonfire, like a hot belly stove in your belly. Just fire of God. And that viper can't handle the heat. Maybe it's a viper of uncleanliness, a viper of adultery, a viper of lust of the flesh. And it dives for your hand to bite you.
It wants to put that poison in you. It wants to take you down. It wants to kill you. Would you stand strong and say, I got the blood of Jesus. You're not touching me. I am his, not yours. I mean, we've all struggled with these, these things. Idolatry, I mean, we know people worship things. I mean, we had the one guy in our complex that waxed his car and covered it up every day. He worshiped that car. We got people that worship money. They think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. All it's there for is to pay your bills and keep you alive. But you'll survive without it. There's many people that survive without it. What does Jesus say? Even, even in the lust of the flesh, even if you look at somebody, you have an indecent thought, you've committed adultery. You've committed That happens. It used to be, you'd only hear about men doing it. You know, some pretty girl would come around, and men get all excited, they want to get her everything. Oh, can I get this? Let me open the door. Bye, bye, bye. You know, or you, you've been at a construction site, and a woman walks by, and you hear all the cat calls. But now women do it. <laughs> Oh, look at their guns. Whoa. Whoa. Sin. Sin. Jesus says, stop. Did that viper wants to bite you? You can't let it happen. You got to let that blood of Jesus overtake that man. You got to stand firm. And what God has given you. It's long. But you've got a Holy Spirit fire burning. And the blood of Jesus. And you know how to call that out. That viper is going to fall to the ground. He's not going to be able to latch on. But I don't know. Snakes are cunning. They hide. They wait. I mean, I could say something scary right now. Maybe there's a snake under your couch. Now you're all going to go home and look. <laughs> Maybe it got loose. It just got kicked down from the neighbor's house. Now it's floating around in yours. But they'll try to take you down in a moment of weakness. When you're too tired, when you're weak, when somebody has beat you up, whether it's a boss yelled at you and now you're, you're all flustered or a friend got you, you had an argument with a friend, it could be anything, but you'll find yourself in that moment of weakness. 
and that viper's got to come out again because the Holy Spirit fire has gotten dim because the weakness is taken over. Sit down on your knees and pray. Just get into that prayer closet and pray. Because that blood of Jesus is stronger than anything. Amen. Anything in this world. So when you grow weary, when you're confused, and that's easy. We all know Satan wants to cause chaos. So he's going to cause confusion. That's one of his weapons. Jesus has his. Satan has his. Build a fire. Stir up that Holy Ghost. You've all got it. Some of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know it. You have power. You have immense power. But do you realize that you can take five minutes to talk to somebody and save them from eternal damnation? There's no doctor in this world that can do that. Unless you say you have that kind of power. God says, you know, we're supposed to be laying hands on the sick. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Laying hands on the sick. Amen. The first call you make should be to the elders of the church. Today's age, the first text you read. Should be the elders of the church. Say, hey, pray for me. I feel a cold coming on. That's what they're there for. We're here for them. We are a family. We're here to support, encourage. And love one another. Amen. And when Amen. somebody stumbles, we're there to pick them up. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. When somebody lets that Holy Spirit fire get a little dim in their lives, we're there to put some more logs on that fire. We're there to get it burning again. And not let it go out. Amen. This is what you want. This is who you are. The devil wants to poison you. He'll use the depression. He'll use discouragement. But just shake it up. Amen. Holy Spirit, fire the blood of the Lamb to conquer anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. The devil, he wants you to give up. Oh, I'm never going to do this. Oh. I'm stuck in this situation. You're not stuck anywhere. Amen. Amen. Glory. You're not Hallelujah. stuck anywhere. Sometimes I remember feeling like that. You get into a job, you get a certain position, you feel like, okay, this is it. This is all my life is ever going to be. Jesus says, no. Amen. I got so much more. Amen. So much more. You just got to be willing to do it. Hallelujah. I mean, we're judged by our fruit. Amen. 
Amen. We're not judged on how many times we come and sit in church. Amen. We're not judged on how many songs we can sing. We're judged by our fruit. Not by each other, but by the King of Kings. On that day, when you go face him, because you will face him, one way or the other, it's either the judgment seat of Christ or the white throne judgment, but you're going to one of them. So when he gets up there and you're face to face, he's going to say, oh, Jesus, you know, if you just put a little more wood on that fire, if you just let that Holy Spirit burn a little bit more in you and quit trying to do things your way, I had all this for you. And he shows you everything he had planned for you. But you didn't get it. Because you didn't follow Jesus, you followed yourself. You decided that your way was better than his way. We need to remember. Again, for all of us, it's coming. Some of us sooner than others. But we've got to live strong. We've got to live every day for Jesus. Amen. Can you imagine some of the things, the dreams, the thoughts, the plans that Jesus might have for some of you? I mean, do you think that some of these people that you see, that you know are Christians, that they just all of a sudden pastor in a thousand congregation church? that the worship leaders were all of a sudden making a quarter of a million dollars a year and had albums everywhere. No. You don't know the work that they did. But just like that lady that stood there and threw in those two denarii, God said she gave more than anything. God has you where he has you. Because he wants you there for a reason. Amen. And maybe what you're doing, even in a small church like this, is exactly what God wants you to do. And when you see God face to face, he's going to say, wow, what you did there was magnificent. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. I am so happy for you. Here's your mansion. Because he's building a mansion of problems. But you're not going to see it if you don't keep that Holy Spirit fire going. You're not going to see it if you let that viper put those strongholds in your lives. We need a revival. But the revival starts with you. We need to do. We need to see people's hearts changed. We need to see their minds changed. We need to see the glory of God. 
this church has had such moves of God in here because the people have just been on fire those days. That the only thing that mattered was the Holy Spirit. It didn't matter what was going on after church. And we've had days where that's all some of you cared about. Oh, I can't wait to get out of here. I've got to go eat. And that was all that was on the mind, and that's exactly the way the service went. We've had other times where the only thing that mattered was the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's when you see a real move of God. That's when you see the people's change. When those vipers don't get a hold of you. When you stand strong in who you are. Because God called each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Let the vipers of the world get hold of you. Don't let them bite in your spirit. Build a fire. Build a fire. Build a fire. Let that Holy Spirit burn. Let that Holy Spirit burn. Let you be so on fire, nobody wants to get near you. You're too hot. Let the viper go. Build a fire. Shake it up. That viper, viper bites you. Because believe me, the devil's not going to stop you. He's going to keep sending vipers, and you're just going to have to keep fighting them off. But you got the tools. You have the Word of God. You have prayer. I would really suggest that you get prayer partners, accountability partners. Somebody you talk to every day or every other day. Hold yourselves accountable. Are you living right? Are you doing the right thing? How's the fire burning? Pray together. Get yourself some prayer. I got them. I got two or three different pastors I call all the time. We talk all the time. Because I need that. And they need that. You need, you've got friends. You need to call them. Talk to them. Because everybody's going to go. You can't let that happen. Let's all stand.